Hello, I'm Dave, and shortly I'll be joined by my co-host Ash. Please be advised that the On the Pitch podcast does contain profanity. If you're offended by profanity, then you should probably find some other podcast to listen to. However, if the profanity does not bother you, please practice proper parental discretion. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the On The Pitch podcast with Dave and Ash. What's up, Ash? I'm good, Dave. I'm good. Um, it's been a while, but um, I think today I want to start with um, what's going on at Derby County in the championship and the fact they've only got nine senior players at the moment, um, two of which are goalkeepers. Um, obviously, they survived relegation after their whole financial battle, but they're now under a transfer embargo, so they can't actually sign any players but they're only allowed to bring in free agents, but they can only be signed on a 12-month contract or they can bring in short-term loans. Um, Rooney's obviously the manager there, and he said he won't walk away, but it's looking increasingly likely that they won't be able to field a side for the first game of the season, um, which is quite a weird thing to think of at, at championship level, like a side that just can't field players. But I don't know if you know anything about this or what's your take on it. I didn't know much about this. I guess... Where did it, how did this even all come to fruition? Like, how did they end up in this situation to begin with? I think they had a lot of players who are uh, leaving out back back to their parent clubs or just leaving the club because their contracts had expired because I don't think they had the money to pay wages. Um, and they obviously they had financial problems. I think they almost got you know the F, the um, EFL were going to give them a points deduction that almost relegated them, but they came to an arrangement where Derby could stay in the championship. But as it stands, they can't actually buy any players. And they can only bring in players on six-month loans or a six-month loan or 12-month free agent contracts. They can't sign anybody for more than one year, which is, you know, crazy. And this, no. was, this was caused by coronavirus and the lack of income. So, obviously, it's not entirely their, it's not entirely their fault, but at the same time, they're going to be in a lot of problems. I mean, got, my bad. I mean, got, at that point, aren't they flirting with administration? Pretty much. I mean, they've only got nine players on their books, and two of them are goalkeepers. Fuck's sake. That, is, wow. I mean, they might have to forfeit the first game of the season, because you, you can't start a game with nine players, especially with two of them are goalkeepers. So, apparently, Phil Jackielka has been playing their preseason matches, and he could be one that goes in on a free, on a free agent. But obviously, it's yet to be seen. But if you think of where they were under Frank Lampard, so close to the Premier League, and then Philip Koku took the job and they went backwards. And obviously, they've been a mess since then, really. Rooney hasn't really been able to steady the ship. And I think they escaped relegation by a point last season. Because Wigan were given a points deduction as well, and they got relegated because of it. This is... I don't even got words for this. I did not know things were that dire at Derby to the um, point now where they could. They actually could, in the laws of the game, and I can't remember which law it is, but they technically, if they have seven starting players, the match would actually be able to take place if they can field at least seven players. 
if you listen to this, uh, three agents, Tom Carroll, Phil Jackie Elka, Sonny Aluka, Ravel Morrison, all, all of those started in a loss to Salford on Saturday. Wow. And, they've also, and Andre Wisdom, Ryan Alstock, and Richard Stearman, Sam Baldock were all on the bench. So they, they're going to have to try and bring in these three agents, but it's can they pay them? Because at the moment, Rooney said he hasn't got a single centre-back signed to the club, and he only has two in the under-23s and under-18s. And, you know, that's a big step up to the championship because they're going to get... The championship's probably the most physical league in the world. So I don't think that, even if they get these free agents in, they're probably finishing bottom of the championship this season without, a sh- without any chance of staying in the league. And, of course, that causes more financial problems because you get less money the further down the pyramid you fall. And we saw what happened to Portsmouth all those years, you know, all those years mm-hmm. ago. Not just you know, Portsmouth. I mean, look at fucking I mean, look at Sunderland. Sunderland, too, yeah. fucking from the Premier League to League One, and they've been stuck in fucking League One now for a couple of seasons. It is difficult once you go, like you said, when you go lower in the pyramid, it becomes an uphill battle to try to abscond obscurity to get your way back up to the higher the higher tiers and up the pyramid again. Um, this is some different news. Obviously, there's been some speculation around Ronaldo's future at Juventus, but it would appear that he will be staying there for the upcoming season as Juventus do not want to sell him. Hmm. Which, which makes sense. Uh, his contract runs out next summer, though, so he could be a free agent come next year. This one's which, interesting because of who's in charge. I mean, they got Allegri back, didn't they? Who I think after yep. Pirlo is the same sort of thing as Lampard. You know, great player. You know, did some great... Obviously, Pirlo did some good work at the youth Juventus... Juventus U Systems, Lampard did a great job at Derby, but job was probably too soon for them. And I'm not sure why Juventus sacked Sarri, because they won the set out under him. And obviously, they bombed in Europe for a few years. I mean, they've not made the final since 2015. But, you know, Juventus, I think Allegri was basically going back to try. It's like, like what Real Madrid was, is it Zidane after Lopetegui and uh, the other one. I can't remember his name. Oh, his but, name's escaping me. Um, but yeah. Lopategi, and then it was... It was someone else who got fired, basically, straight away. And I just can't remember who it was. But I can't anyway. either for the life of me. I'll, I'll look it up, though, because that... Yeah. But he had been linked to Bayern Munich, Ronaldo had. Um, obviously, there's rumours that Chelsea are putting in a £50 million bid for Lewandowski, which I don't believe for one minute, but... Yeah. Um... So, obviously, I think Ronaldo will stay the next season and possibly go back to Sporting Lisbon as a free because he's always said he wants to finish his career there. And he'll be 37, 38 by that time. So. How do we see Ronaldo fitting in with the way Allegri likes to play? Because Allegri, Allegri likes to play with players that are capable to do the job, basically, each way attacking and defending and he's real big with his defensive tactics and everybody working together to defend and Ronaldo as much as I love him is not who you think of when it comes to defending and doing that type of work but Ronaldo was there when Allegri Ronaldo was there and uh, Allegri was there in Ronaldo's first season I think he scored 30 40 goals mm-hmm. so you know but the thing with uh, Juventus is their midfield just it's not it's so lightweight I mean there's I mean, I like Weston McKinney. I think he's a good player. I know you don't rate him, but... No, um, of course not. But Weston McKinney is the only real big big man in there. Rodrigo Bentancur is not really... You know, a few years ago, he had a lot of hype around him. Aaron Ramsey is not that great. 
Um, Arthur, who they spent £70 million on, not that great. Um, who else have they got in there? Rabio. So does, does Ronaldo suffer, you think, because he won't get proper service from that midfield going forward? I think you can get a service from Chiesa and Quadrado. If Juventus should probably play a back five or a three-four-three, three because Quadrado and Alexandro could provide some. You know, they're very attacking fullbacks. Mm-hmm. And if you've got Chiellini, Bonucci, and Medi Demerel, the Turkish centre back, you can play a back three of those three. And I'm sure Juventus will probably bring in a centre back anyway because they're going to need to because Chiellini and Bonucci aren't getting any younger. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Chesney's in behind. So they could easily play a 3-4-3 and have a front three of Chiesa, Dybala and Ronaldo and they would get you gold. But Dybala's been off the boil for a few seasons now. Not really, you know, he was when he first exploded onto the scene scoring goals, but now he's not really doing much. But Chiesa, after the Euros he's had, I think he'll be great for Juventus this season. Everybody's probably going to make an inquiry about him too after the massive Euros he had. Well, at the moment, I believe he's still on loan from Fiorentina. So he's technically Fiorentina's player. But Juventus have the first option to buy at the end of next summer. So if Juventus won him, then they'll buy him. Because I don't think the fee is that high. I think it's like 20, 30 million. Is the fee. That's not bad. In this market, that, that's not bad. He's a good player. It's always interesting to see with players, too, because we've seen it when players have great tournaments and then somebody else buys them and they end up flopping seems to be what happens. Um, so, from a friendly match today, this might make you laugh. Um, Rangers beat Real Madrid 2-1. <laughs> That's fucking great. And they come from behind to do it as well. That's great. Obviously, obviously, it won't be Real Madrid's main side because they're still players that are coming back from the Euros, but beating Real Madrid is beating Real Madrid. Pretty much. They like to they like to boast and pontificate how they, they're such a storied club. Yeah, about that. So, obviously, um, breaking, some breaking news. Uh, ben White is set for a medical at Arsenal ahead of a £50 million move. I think, you know, that was one that was always going to happen. But mm-hmm. is he worth £50 million? Really? No. I mean, Brighton have just basically just running. They're, they're laughing all the way to the bank. I mean, I, I like Ben White. I think he's a good centre-back, but he's not worth £50 million. No, and that just shows you how inflated the transfer market is and how desperate teams are getting. It seems to be the standard for a transfer this day. It's just like very rare you see like the old like four or five million pound transfers like we used to. Like you think mm-hmm. Chelsea got Frank Lampard for what, 11 million? As for the Quater cost us 11, I think. I think it was 11. Um, who was it? Uh, Timo Courtois cost us six, six million. Yeah. Uh... But we made 30, obviously we sold them to 35. So, you know, I miss those sort of transfers. I mean, I'd say Giroud was a steal at 15, 20 million, to be fair. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Especially when Arthur went and spent, what, 70 on a Bamiyang? And that hasn't quite worked out. That's the thing with Arsenal, though. They have made purchases, and I feel like they've gone backwards instead of improving their side. And it's. It's humorous, actually, as a Chelsea supporter to watch it, because I'm not going to lie. I think the shit is great comedy. But seriously speaking, like how the logic at Arsenal, obviously they're owned by an American, so I can, yeah, that kind of makes sense why they go ass backwards. I think I've solved that one. Stan Kroenke. The thing is, though, like Arteta doesn't really know what he's doing. Like he'll get some good results, like every manager will. 
but he's trying to be too much like Pep Guardiola without the players to do it, and he's not Pep Guardiola. That, I mean, see, that's a common thing in management, though, that I've noticed. You go into management and you have these ideas and these concepts and these tactics, and you're like, I'm going to go in here. I'm gonna throw this mug. I'm gonna throw this shit together, and I'm gonna have a winning side. And it doesn't work like that. Managers that go into these jobs with this set system and set way, set tactics, it never works because you're never, honestly speaking, you go into a job, you're never gonna have the personnel that you want to be able to inculcate your tactical concepts, your philosophy. Like sometimes you gotta realize, and what makes a good manager is a manager that knows how to work with one what he's got. The golden rule with management is you need to understand how to mold your, not mold your tactics to your team, but the other way around, know what you can do with the team you have in front of you. You may be a 4-3-3 guy, but this team, let's say you have a team that's more suitable for a 3-4-3, then you go play that 3-4-3. Your job as a manager is to put your players in a position to make them better. Don't go putting a fucking square peg in a round hole because it's not going to work. And I see that a lot in management. We've, we've seen it over the years with a, bunch of, with a bunch of managers that come in and it doesn't necessarily work for them because they don't have those players to play that they want to play. Instead of just doing what you should do, find out what works for those group of players and then move forward that way and build. That's just me. But as a counter-argument to that, these players are around, what, 30, well, most of them, hundreds of thousand pounds a week. Surely they should be. Surely they should be able to play a different system. I'm not saying mm-hmm. like it's. I'm not saying it should come easy, but if you if you can play a certain position, you should be training and working your all to play a different system for the manager if that's something he believes in. Obviously, not straight mm-hmm. away. It takes time, and obviously, it takes time to implement your system, and you need the players to do it. But these players should be able to go on the training pitch and learn this stuff. I mean, for the money they're on, there's no excuse. Yeah, it's a, I can see that being a two-way street, especially prof- on the professional level. But, I mean... If you look at Arsenal's starting lineup next season, um, who's it likely to be the back... I think they play a back three, back four sometimes. I don't think they even know. But it'll be Leno in goal, probably Tierney at left-back. Um, I'd say Gabriel and Ben White centre-back, Hector Bellerin right-back. Um, if he's not gone, there's rumours that he's going too. Who, Hector Bellerin? Yeah, there's rumours swirling that he's going. I heard he was going to PSG, but they don't need him now. They've just bought um, Hakimi. Um, maybe back to Spain? I, I would think so, but I, I've heard he's going somewhere. But, you know, it, again, it's silly season, so we'll hear a lot of then shit. And obviously, Jack has gone now, so you can have, they'll have Thomas Party in midfield. I'm not sure who they partner him with. Um, I'm not sure Arsenal have any sentiments. I know they've just bought one from the Belgian League, actually. I'm not sure his name, but it'll probably be him and Thomas Party. I think he's a Belgian wonder kid, actually. He's 19, I want to say. I can't remember the yeah, kid's no, name, but I want to say he's like 19. I believe he is a centre midfielder, though. So it could be him and Thomas Party if Party can stay fit. Emil Smith Rowe at Cam. Um, Saka, on, Saka on the left or right. Maybe a Bamiang. Like, actually, like yeah. that kid. Yeah, and then obviously they Arsenal seem to play a Bamiang on the left quite a bit. Um, but of course, they've got Gabriel Martinelli as well, who's mm-hmm. a very good young player as well. And then you've got the likes of Lacazette or a Bamiang up front. You've got Joe Willock to come back, Eddie Nketiah. They've got a good squad. But I just don't think they have that team collective. They're more like individuals at the moment. That's and you I just, that to figure that out, how to make that and shit I just, work. I just feel like they're a team that anyone could beat them. 
but they have got they're, they're capable of you know still putting in results when you know push comes to shove because they beat Chelsea last season mm-hmm. All right. at Stanford Bridge. Thanks to Jorginho, but we're not going to get into that today. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, that guy. Um, Sancho to Man United. United fans seem to be happy with this one, but I mean that was the worst kept secret in the transfer market. It was, gonna, it was a matter of when and not if. It, yeah, it was. I think it's a good signing for United. I think United are not fucking around. There's rumors uh, Varane's close as well. No, that would be... He's world-class. That would be one hell of a signing for them. Like, they, if they make these signings, they are... I think they will be in contention for the title. It, it, I, think I the mean, title, I'm speaking objectively, by the way. I honestly think that if Liverpool can get Gomez and Van Dijk both fit, then it will be a four-way fight for the top between the Manchester clubs, Liverpool and Chelsea. I don't see Tottenham being or Tottenham or Arsenal being anywhere near. And I know you're not no. going to like this. I can see Leeds maybe getting European football this season. Oh, fucking stop. Uh, I, I love I, you. Don't be daft. You know how I see things. You know how I, I know how I, you see things, but not, oh, not Leeds, no. I mean, I'm not their biggest fan. I think the West Ham's going to end up playing European football again because I think West Ham's going in a pretty good direction too. I don't think they'll get European football this season. I reckon they haven't got a recognised striker, and I think the fact that they have to play every Thursday night will wear them out. They, just, I don't know something about people playing for David Moyes. I think somehow they get into Europe again. I want to see though what happens with Leicester because they've what capitulated twice and missed out on Champions League football. Leicester, Leicester will be in the top four till the final day, then they'll get battered by someone <laughs> and they'll finish fifth. <laughs> so you're saying the trend continues. I don't think they'll get top four. They made some good signings. Obviously, Ryan Bertrand uh, on a free. Pats and Dacca from Salzburg. They also mm-hmm. signed That's good business. They signed Samare from Lille as well, who's a CDM. So if you can imagine him and Ndidi just sitting in front of the back four next season. Do you think Brendan Rodgers is the guy to get them to where they want to go, though? Because, I mean, he chokes everywhere. He choked with Liverpool. I mean, that slip was epic, by the way. Um... Yeah, he did, but do you see him going any further than that, though? Do you think he can get Leicester back into into Europe? And when I say Europe, I mean the Champions League, which is the only fucking thing that matters. I mean, I think they've got a good shot at Europa League, to be honest. If you look at their squad, mm-hmm. from defence to attack, they just, okay, they brought in a, another player up front for Jamie Vardy. They've still got the likes of James Justin, Ricardo Pereira, James Madison, who has his moments. I don't like him, but then you've got the... Um, Dennis Pratt, who's their winger? Oh, Harvey Barnes, that's the one. They've got a very good squad. Um, I think Europe may hinder them this season because obviously playing on Thursday nights, they'll have to rotate the squad and that in, can increase their injuries. Same thing with um, Tottenham and West Ham, I believe, because Tottenham will be in the Europe Conference League. That's a good segue because let's talk about that since it is a European competition and we can just, you know have a conversation about how it works and what we think about it. So um, your thoughts, sir. I don't know how it works. I think it's a stupid idea. All I know is there's qualifying rounds and teams from that teams that fall out of the Champions League qualification rounds and Europa League qualification rounds go into it, which is just stupid. Um, If you win it, you get an automatic place in Europa League next season. In my eyes, it's just a way for UEFA to make more money. And they, they, these are the same assholes that are crying about the Super League, saying they oh, these players only want money, and then UEFA go and do exactly the same thing. And not just this tournament, by the way. 
but by holding the Euros in 11 different countries with a global pandemic. That We are going to get into that, actually, just, just in a second. We get off this Conference League thing, because I have... I, it's... I don't know. I, I can see the money part of it. Like, yes, they're fucking greedy. They want money. A part of me is kind of okay with it, because then it gives smaller clubs from smaller leagues a chance to do something. In a European stage, granted, it's a third-rate competition, but it gives something to the supporters for smaller clubs and smaller countries, something to look forward to. So from that perspective, I guess it's okay. Do I think it's a waste of time? Probably, yeah, because it's all about the money. I mean, like you said, they look like a bunch of hypocrites. No Super League, thank fuck. But at the same time, I'm like, you're kind of doing the same thing. You're just giving it a different title. So you're, like you said, it's kind of like they're creating their own tier system in Europe. We think of the Champions League being the top tier, Europa League being that second tier, and now this new Conference League being a was, third tier. It wasn't needed. That's the thing. Like you shouldn't be, you shouldn't get European football finishing eighth in the league. You just shouldn't. No, but in smaller countries though, where they fail to qualify yeah, smaller, for Europa and Champions League, it's still something. I mean, yeah, but these it's something countries. for those smaller countries and, and supporters of smaller clubs. And I say that. Because, and I'm, I'm going I'm to go just a pinch off track here. I live in San Diego, and they have a USL championship side. So for those that don't know, that's the second tier in the pyramid here for football. Those fuckers will never get promoted because we have a fucking close system here, which is fucking stupid. And I'm not going to get into that tangent. My whole point is, is that clubs in areas that have clubs that they don't get to see them play in Europe, or in San Diego's case, will never see the loyal unless they buy their way into MLS play top-tier football or play a top-tier competition is basically a fucking pretentious dream. But now they have a shot at it through the conference league. So from that lens, I'm like, yeah, I kind of like the idea of teams from smaller countries being able to play for something and play each other in Europe. Why did the eighth-place like team idea. in England? Why did the eighth-place team in England get to enter? Why? Well, that's I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get to that. That's where I think the problem is because you're right. Because usually the eighth place team in England is usually a pretty decent side. That's where I'm at. Like maybe they just need to make that competition specifically for other leagues. Because you're right, eighth place in the Premier League shouldn't be rewarded with shit. But first place in fucking Kazakhstan, and I'm just throwing shit out there, maybe they deserve the right to go play for a fucking trophy because they're in a lower league compared to the rest of Europe. But they're the best in their league. I will I will concur, yeah, it's fucking stupid for bigger leagues because you shouldn't be rewarded. But at the same time, I think it should just be – I guess what I'm saying is it should just be for smaller leagues and teams that are naturally never going to fucking be able to play in Europe. So they do have to work that out because I would concur with you. Like if Chelsea finish eighth, they don't deserve fucking Europe. I wouldn't want to be in the fucking conference league, to be honest with you. <clears throat> Yeah, if you support a big-ass club, yeah, you don't want to fucking be in the conference league. Like, My imagine. I'm just having... advocating for the smaller countries and the smaller leagues. Yeah, because from sense. that lens, I, I can see it from that perspective, being from a country that we have a closed system where motherfuckers that legitimately love the— I'm going to use San Diego, for example— that love the San Diego Loyal will never see them play in MLS because it's a closed league. They can win the USL championship and never fucking like they'll never win anything bigger than that. I, that's why I feel for those small European countries and those small leagues, like you know the Belgian league, the fucking du I, let's be real, the Dutch league, 
they make it to the Champions League, but outside every couple of years, they really don't do dick. Like, and we don't know Scotland for fuck's sake. The S the SPFL, whatever the fuck they call it over there, the Scottish Premiership isn't exactly great. Everybody knows, like, even those big clubs there, Celtic and Rangers, like, they're not. Let's be real. It's, the chances of them ever winning Europe again at the UCL level is, <laughs> yeah. And then I can go into smaller countries than that, you know, like, because I watch a lot of football. So I watch, like, the, um, and I know I'm not the only one that watches the Belgian League because I think Mike does, too, because we have actually talked about it. They actually like, want you to know, merge the uh, Belgian League with the Dutch, the Dutch League. league. So for a league like that, yeah, the Denmark, I watch a lot of Super League, which is Denmark. I actually quite enjoy that, actually. You've got the Swedish League as well, which is the Alvenskan, I believe it's pronounced. Yeah, you're right. The Swedish League. You have the... Um, Polish League. Polish, Bulgarian. Swiss, Bulgarian. Like, those clubs, that's what I'm getting at. Those clubs deserve a chance to play for something. If they finish at the top of their, at the top of their domestic league, those clubs do deserve something. That's where I'm like, why not just make that competition for those sets of of supporters and those sets of clubs because on realistically speaking none of those none of those teams are ever going to win Europe at the UCL level let's just be real the way like, it's set out the way it's set out as well is I think it's based on world ranking for the national side and how the club fuck's teams sake yeah I know that's it's fucking stupid that's another, another thing I'm not even getting into that tangent because I know you and I can sit here and work yeah, out something the, better off the cuff than what these assholes have put together it's why England get four places in the um, Champions League each year, minimum. Obviously, if a different English team wins it. So, say like, what, say like let's just say Leicester win the Europa League but finish fifth. They'll be in the Champions League. And then the top four will also be in the Champions League. Um, unless, yeah. Unless. Yeah. Theoretically, you could get 16 English teams in the Champions League. Because if an English team wins the Europa League, then an English team wins mm-hmm. the Champions League. So, let's say, let's say Leicester win the Europa League and finish ninth. In the Premier League, and let's say Man City win the Champions League. I know it's fucking laughable, but let's say Man City win the Champions League and finish fifth. And finish fifth. Leicester and Man City will both be in the Champions League, and then let's say the top four is Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal. Those four will also be in there, so you'll have six English teams in the Champions League. You know what bothers me too, and I can't be the only one that this bothers. But when they made that change to where. The what is it? The third place side in the group stages of the Champions League dropped to the Europa, Europa League. League. Yeah, I can't it's tell unfair. you how much I fucking loathe that shit. Even though Chelsea won it that way in 2013, it's just I don't understand it, it. It no, it doesn't. It, for me, this is it's a competitive sport, correct? Played by a bunch of professional sides. I feel like finished, that's a fucking participation medal. If you finish third, fuck off. Thank you. That's yeah. You don't have that shit at the World Cup. Are they going to do that shit with the World Cup and call it the fucking world medal or whatever the fuck so that people can, other sides and countries? No, no. I did not. When they did that, it was stupid. Look, man, if you can't win the fucking group or finish in second, then you need to fuck off. And obviously you weren't good enough because you're. it's all about we're going to go back to the same, beat the same dead horse. It's all about money, isn't it? And it's unfair because obviously if you're playing in the Champions League, you've probably got much more money and a much better squad. Like Man United, for example, they went they went out of the group stages yep. behind Leipzig and PSG, and then uh, made it to the final Europa League to get knocked out on penalties, which I found, <laughs> which I was, which was funny. It was just if if you're in America, by the way, can't believe that this. 22 penalties were taken and 21 were scored. I oh. just want to say this: if you're in America, at time of recording, I want to wish you a good evening. Good evening, everyone. Especially um, you are, especially you Arsenal fans. No shit. 
<laughs> no, but you know, we've talked about it a lot. Like it's stupid to reward someone for finishing third because it's like you said, it's an unfair competitive advantage because the teams that fall out of the Champions League a lot of the time, like our beloved Chelsea, are a lot more talented and they breeze through that shit and win it. Like, no, if you don't finish first or second in the Champions League, fuck off and go home. Try again. I think with the Conference League as well, like Tottenham, in, even though they finished eighth in the Premier League this season, they're going to be a lot better. Was oh, it 7th yeah. or 8th? They're going to be a lot better than all these teams from Kazakhstan, Romania. And obviously some of those teams will get put into Europa League. Some of them will get put into the Champions League. Like Ukraine, Shakhtar get put into the Champions League because yeah. of their, because they usually do, well, they usually get out of the group or Europa League, which is stupid. But, you know, this conference should have been for like, you know, it should have been for teams, smaller teams. Yeah, it should have been smaller done. leagues like the Austrian Bundesliga, like and all the other ones that we have mentioned throughout this com- this portion of the conversation. Like, don't die, don't fuck it up with this whole. St- I don't even got a word for it, but it's a completely like you have no business playing European football. If you finish your domestic season in eighth or ninth or wherever the fuck they finish. I don't even know where they finish. It was it was seventh or eighth, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just if things go awry for a side in the competition and they don't finish where they're supposed to, then they should just go home. This crap, this shit of, oh, we're going to drop from the Champions League to the Europa League, and now they're going to do the same shit, Europa League into the Europa Conference League. You're ruining shit because you're a bunch of greedy fucks. Like, there's no nice way to say it. You're just a bunch of greedy fucks. I don't have a problem with winning the competition guarantees you into the next one. I don't have a problem with that because you've earned it. So if you win the Conference League, you get put into Europa. I concur. And if you win Europa League, you get a shot at the Champions League. I, my back, that's Sevilla's dream, basically. But um, <laughs> win the Euro- Although Sevilla will be in the Champions League again this season because they finished fourth in La Liga this season. Mm-hmm. Spain will actually have five teams in the... Uh, Spain will have five teams in the Champions League this season. Yeah, and they'll all be shit. Pretty much. Because, well, Real Madrid are shit. Barcelona can't fucking spend any money. Um they still, I don't know if they can register their players yet, actually, Barcelona. Um, I know they've been trying to sell players here. They're just basically selling their future. Um, Tadebo's gone. Alenia's gone. Fierpo's gone. Um, they're trying to offload Griezmann and Dembele as well. There's rumours that they're going to go, uh, Griezmann will be going back to Atletico Madrid and Sal will be going to Barcelona. But, um, I think that's just a bunch of balderdash. I don't even think that's going to happen. It'll be stupid for Barcelona to hand Atletico Madrid another weapon to win the title again. They already yeah. gave Suarez. Yep. And obviously, Real Madrid sold them Marcus Llorente, who's become one of the best midfielders in the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know he's Spanish. He's not a big fan, but that, that man can bowl. He's a baller. I mean, I'll give the Spanish a pinch. Of, no, no, I won't. No, you won't. I'm, I'm lying. Like, I don't even believe the lie that just came out of my mouth there. Obviously, you see things from... I'd say you're more biased than I am, whereas I see things from a more open point of view. Uh, except with Chelsea. I think with Chelsea, truth be told, you're a little bit more biased than you're open. I think with the rest of football, though, you're more open than I am. And then I'm like the opposite of you, which is fine, because this is what keeps this fucking podcast ticking. And that's why all you people that are listening love this shit. But, um, yeah, I believe so. that um, I can be a little bit biased with Chelsea. Yeah, I think that's the same with every fan, though, isn't it? But I wouldn't oh, go I mean, but I've never except me, because let's have I've this never... conversation, except with me, because you can sit there and praise Pulisic and I will sit here and shit on his whole life. Yeah, but the only reason you hate him is because he's American. I mean, I don't like Jorginho because I think he's fucking useless. Not to the Italians, obviously. No, not to <laughs> the Italians. I mean, whatever. I still don't like 
then. The thing with Jorginho is, the thing with Jorginho is, he'll either have a great game or he'll go missing. Well, it's or, it's the inconsistency, I guess, is what bothers. Like, George, let's get this straight. Jorginho as a person is probably a really good dude, and I have no problem with him as a person. It's yeah. Jorginho, the footballer, that I have issues with. Pulisic, yeah. yes, he's American. And I'm not going to say he's good, but Americans don't amuse me because it's a country where it's not mainstream. It's just becoming mainstream here. You're not going to sit here. I'm not saying you, per se, Ash. I'm just saying you in general. You're not going to sit here and fucking convince me that all of a sudden Americans are great because we're not. We just we might be peaking right now. But until a motherfucking American puts in a proper fucking shift in a major European competition, does some shit on the international stage. Even then, I still won't give fucking credit because we still ain't been doing it fucking long enough. And I honestly don't give a flying fuck who disagrees with me because I'm, I'm not here to agree with anyone. I think you're it's Until you do some shit that's worth something and somebody's going to argue with me because this is just what happens, yeah, you're Alex. not worth a fuck. <laughs> well, see, Alex is... I never count Alex because Alex has logic. Alex is not one of those fans that's going to come at people sideways. Like Alex and I have had conversations, very calm and civil, and we're happy to agree that we disagree, but Alex doesn't come from a place of fucking arrogance or stupidity. He comes from a place of, hey, I have some logic. He likes the individuals rather than the team collective. Yeah. Alex, Alex, is, Alex is more knowledgeable, and he's not an ignorant fucktard like most people you will run into here. Like, Alex has some common fucking sense. We've had great conversations, he and I, over that. And Me and that him has about it as well. Conversations about just the state of football in America, period, and how he and I see things, which for the most part is the same. He and I are sitting here, and we still don't under fucking stand how there is no promotion relegation here, and how the youth system's gone to shit. And this yeah, is why. This is why. The only reason Americans are good is because they fucking leave America like Pulisic did and go somewhere and get proper trained. What I'm saying is, I think if you look at the current American players, I mean, I don't think you can... I mean, I think the ones that stand out is probably Tyler Adams at Leipzig, Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic, and Zach Steffen. Those are the ones that can actually have a good career. Maybe even Josh Sargent at Bremen. He needs I know he a little had bit it. more time. Yeah, but he's in the right place to do it because the Bundesliga is a great place for well, youngsters. That's the thing, though. That And this is going to lead me... We're just Hey, we're just going to roll with this, right? I have this thing where people are like, I don't like the Bundesliga. And I'm like, no, fuck you. It's one of the best leagues out there. Yes, because you know what? The Germans are some smart people. I f- number one, let me just say this. I'm a big fan of the Bundesliga, by the way. Yeah, me too. But objectively looking at it, right? So America and the Bundesliga have one hell of a relationship because American players get smart. They go over there. They develop. They end up doing good shit, i.e. go see McKinney, go see Pulisic, because that, that has to be said. Man's a Champions League winner. Like, First American yeah, ever he to missed do it. A fu- and he missed one too. I'm American and completely misses the fucking shot. We could have been up 2 0. Anyway, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We still want the He didn't three. score a goal, so it does fucking matter. I'm not going to pour, oh, he's great. No, bitch. If you're that good, the ball goes in the back of the net and it didn't. But what about his he performance? Won the motherfucker. What, and that's about cool. his, I'm with that. what about his performances against Real Madrid in the semi final? Gets a goal in the first leg and sets up Mason Mount to put him out in the second. Oh, Mason he was, Mount. You said Mason Mount. My knees got weak. I love him. Christian Pulisic put Courtois on his ass twice. Courtois is a cunt. Anybody would put him well, on every, Yeah, we all know he's a cunt. But that's not the point. <laughs> he scored a great goal in the first leg and made the difference in the second leg to put all his All I'm up. fucking saying is, is that people need... Try to get back on track. Cause 
People need to understand the Bundesliga is one of the best leagues in the world. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. Look at how smart they do business and look at the players that they develop. It's not just Americans, though. It's English players as well. Mm-hmm. You look at Jaden Sancho, Jude Bellingham. Yep. That's uh, what I was getting at. That's why I don't get this this fucking this shit talking that the Bundesliga, oh, it's not a good league. What? I'm sorry, what fucking football are people watching? People probably say that because Bayern Munich run up over there every year, but the rest of the league is fucking tight. Like you, you could be in the relegation unless you're Schalke, who is fucking useless and not oh, there Lord, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've, we've made fun of them so many fucking times. Schalke are just bro. fucked. Fucked. <laughs> like my ex, like yeah, like my ex, just straight fucked. Like there's no helping them. But the Bundesliga, oh. if you take Byron out of it, you're absolutely right. Look at how good it is, and look at the players that they develop and then sell on to have success though. I mean, Wolfsburg got top four this season. Bayern Leverkusen missed out. And I, I would implore people to go on YouTube, by the way. And I think, T- was it Tifo? I don't remember. It was Football Made Simple. Look up Football Made Simple. He did a video on exactly how they educate the coaches there and how Germany fixed football there. And it's working. Because look at the players and look at that. You take Byron out of it because we all know Byron's is Byron. I mean, it's fucking money. Take that shit out of it. And like you said, look at how tight it is amongst the rest of the teams. Look at all the talent that gets developed in Germany. Look how many how many German coaches every year are in demand for a fucking job somewhere. Well, German coaches have won the last three Champions Leagues. I mean, hell, I will say I will say this about an American. Jesse Marsh, granted he did it within, and I know Alex and I talked about this, did it within the Red Bull network. And Alex and I are very, very fucking interested in how these networks work like city group and and red bull group but i digress that actually will be a podcast at some point um but like how marsh has done it he's done it at salzburg he's done it for um before salzburg he did it for it's in austria salzburg is austria yeah and now he's at he was at red bull salzburg and now he's at um leipzig and Look at, I think it's the same thing that I was saying about American players. It's the same thing with American coaches. All right, granted, Jesse was in the system. But as soon as Jesse got to a place and he got around Ralph Ragnick, he immersed himself and ingratiated himself in the culture and has his ideas and concepts, but also understands his players and the way the country sees things. And and I think Jesse Marsh is going to be successful at Leipzig. I'll die on that hill. I never thought I'd say that shit. But I think because just, again, uh, it goes back to it goes back though to them him leaving America out of his comfort zone because he could have stayed at New York Red Bull and been a fucking legend. Yeah, but they don't win anything. Red Bull. I mean, I know who who, who did win the uh, MLS. I don't, and I mean the grand finale playoff bullshit. Who won uh, that? MLS Cup? Fuck if I know. Alex would know. Yeah, because and you obviously you have the league system which is separated into east and west, and then. Yeah. Um, you have the you have the playoffs and yep. to... and then you get the winner of the East against the winner of the West and we determine a champion. I you like American last... playoff systems. We can do you a know... whole nother, we can debate that on another one too. But you know the last thing I um, the last time I knew who won the MLS it was at Atlanta, Atlanta um, when they had Joseph Martinez. When Joseph Martinez yep. broke the scoring record. That's I the last time I paid attention. Too. I watched that match because I like Tata Martino, who's now the not... Mexican men's national team coach. But yeah. that's what I'm saying, though, with Americans, back to that, the fact that when they, it's when they leave here that I think they get better. I mean, and yeah, Jesse definitely. Marsh did it. Jesse Marsh is a pretty decent coach, but look at the guy. He worked in the fucking, uh, was it Ralph Ragnick? It was he either ha- Ragnick or Hassan, who, one of the two. No, it was Ragnick. It was Ragnick. And I licked the shit out of his face, too, by the way. 
Um, I think well, you have to think of like, players in the past in America as well. Like for me, my favorite American is Tim Howard. I just well, love. Oh, shout out to Tim Howard, who's from the great state of New fucking Jersey. He's a fellow me, North New Jersey, and like I am, love you, Tim. Obviously, obviously but, growing up, I didn't really get. I couldn't see the MLS that much because no one give no one gave a fuck about. It. I mean, no one gives a fuck now, but yeah, why but, would they? The two main ones Obviously I knew of Landon Donovan But you know I don't like him I got but, a story about him actually But I, I, he's the head coach actually right now He's the manager for the San Diego Loyal Who are in UCS, USL championship But for me When I was when I was watching football The Americans I watched were um, Tim Howard at Everton and Clint Dempsey At Fulham and Tottenham And I loved Clint Dempsey I thought, he was a, I thought Clint Dempsey was a brilliant But Tim Howard for me I remember that performance he put in against Belgium in the World Cup. <clears throat> you know, they were very unlucky to lose that game. America had a very good World Cup, that tournament. They that really did. tournament, if you would have seen my home state during that tournament when he had that game, because I believe he is from, I'll pull it up. I know he's from North Jersey. I'm going to say he's from Brunswick, but I will actually pull it up right now because he is in North New Jersey and like I am. But, Fucking yeah. Just, but, oh, was, those were good memories, though. That... That man stood on his head. I got. I'll give him props for that one. That man stood on his head that day. Just I mean, that shit yeah. was some amazing shit. Uh, trying to answer my question here about where he is from in the great state of New Jersey, North North Brunswick, New Jersey. So that's not too far from New Brunswick. Where the um, for everybody listening in America, that's not too far from Rutgers University, where the main campus of Rutgers is at. Um, yeah, New Jersey. We do big things. That's my New Jersey bias. Everyone, I'm done. But yeah, with the American team, I don't, I don't really care for the American national team. I don't think they'll ever amount to much. I don't Welcome. think Serginio, I don't think Serginio Dest is that good either. But for no, me, I, I think Zach Steffen can't be playing number two at Man City. He has to find a club where he can be number one, so he can establish himself because he's never going to beat Edison to number one. There's no fucking way. Edison's one of the top keepers in the world. Um, Tyler Adams is probably at the right place at Leipzig. Same with Josh Sargent at Werder Bremen. Pulisic is at Chelsea. Okay, he's got Werner to contend with on that left-hand side. But, you know, healthy competition, I feel, is good. And Pulisic is always an option off the bench because of his freshness and his pace. And we've seen that plenty of times. Um, Weston McKinney at Juventus. Obviously, he was at Schalke. He got out of that graveyard quickly. Because <laughs> um, Juventus bought him for £18 million, which is a bargain, I think. So... There are certain Americans in Europe that are doing well for themselves, and I think they will have a career, but they're never going to win anything nationally or internationally. Sorry, sorry. I think they're developing because they, they've gone out the country. And, I, you know, Alex and I have talked about this, too, because every time I have a USSF class to take, as far as the, like the management side, Alex and I are always talking. And I'm like, it's a damn shame because what they're trying to do is so far behind the rest of the world and i'm like but you want to be respected but you're not you're not current with things and then you just want to be different and sometimes that just it doesn't work it doesn't work that's why obviously if, if things were good in this country as far as football goes maybe if the league was better and motherfuckers actually got good proper football education maybe players like Polisic and mckinney stay here and develop here but the fact of the matter is, is that this football thing, we're not fucking good at it. And everybody's going to be like, well, the women have won five. The women could go fuck off, too, because I can start here and go on a massive tangent on how opposing managers fucked up tactics and let these fuckers walk into all those World Cups that they have. There's one problem with the MLS. Well, Everything. Two, sorry. 
everything. Uh, I think there's two major problems. The first one being that there's no development system anymore for young American players. Uh, I just thought of a third problem. Uh, there's three. Let's start. Right. There's three. Right. First one, the fact that they cancelled development programs within the MLS because mm-hmm. the USF, the United States, whatever the fuck it's called, is useless. United States Stupid Federation. Let's call it that. The second mm-hmm. one is the closed system, which is bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. And the third problem is they use foreign players who are way past their best. Nobody in Europe wants them. Come over here for stupid money a week. You'll mm-hmm. boost our reputation. You'll get a big payday and score our goals against our shit goalkeepers. Basically, Alex and I have had this conversation too because there was a time where MLS for like a season or two got away from that and went and did their job and scouted well. They scouted young up-and-coming players from South and Central America and it started to catch the attention of people. That's how, well, Joseph Martinez was in the uh, Serie A when he went before he moved to Atlanta, wasn't he? But obviously, I don't know where Mickey Almiron was beforehand. I he wasn't in Europe. I can tell you that because that's where I was yeah. going. You're, you're good at this. But that's where I was going. Miguel Almiron, I don't remember where he started, but it wasn't in Europe. But he's from playing Paraguay. Under, he's, he's from Paraguay, yeah, from, originally. He's from Paraguay. I don't know where he was playing. He's actually Paraguay International. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know where he was most... playing before MLS, but he came here, he did his thing, and he got to move to Newcastle. Now, I know most people are like, well, you know, it's fucking Newcastle. But for somebody like him coming here, personally, that's pretty dope. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's probably one of his dreams to play in the Premier League. And he's got it. Albeit it's with Newcastle and, you know, the only Newcastle United supporter I know happens to be my wife's cat. Poor bastard. Uh, (laughs) Um, But for um, him, though, and for MLS, that was big. Because MLS was like, oh, shit, we sold somebody to the Premier League. You know, what's also wrong with MLS, and I didn't know this until, again, if you guys don't know our friend Alex, he's been on the podcast, go back in the feed. There's episodes there. You can hear him. Great guy. Fucking love him. But even he and I were talking about, like, for MLS, that's big. Because, you know, usually it's the other way around. It's you're us buying, like you said, either fucking washed-up European players past their prime. <laughs> or European players that just couldn't cut it while they were over there. Because there are some Englishmen that play here that just couldn't break in in Europe for whatever reason. They come here and play. But when Almiron transferred... To Newcastle, that was big. But the problem with the league is, and I think Alex was the one that told me, was every time that the transfer happens, the fucking league gets a cut. So the, yeah, the club makes the sale, but the club doesn't even get the full the full earnings because they got to give the league a cut. And that's some fucking bullshit. Um, Miguel Almiron played in Argentina for a club, Atletico Lanús. So he was in Argentina before moving to MLS. And then from MLS, he sprung to, to Newcastle. Obviously, like we were saying, to Newcastle United. But speaking of that as well, um, obviously, Ezekiel Barco was um, in South America as well. And he's at, at Atlanta. Atlanta. I get them confused. I can't help it. He's at Atlanta now. Um, but there's another player in the MLS. I can't remember who he plays for. It might be the Portland Timbers. No, it's not Timbers. Um, his name's Pozzello. He's a Spanish player. But he used to play in the Belgian League. So, mm-hmm. But now he's in the MLS. I, don't, I can't remember what team he plays for, but... I know you're seeing he's at, his stats are crazy in MLS, but you never heard anything about him in the uh, Belgian league. So just goes, that just goes to show, I mean, Belgium isn't even maybe top five, top six, maybe. No, I mean, Mm-mm. 
and then you think of, you know, he's can't really perform in that league. And then he's gone to the MLS and he's scoring goals for fun, winning player, player of the year, team of the tournament, whatever. It says Carlos, something about the quality here, man. Carlos Vela's another one. I mean, fuck him. Yeah, he's overrated here. I mean, you, I, live in, I live in Southern California. You say that shit to LAFC fans, whether they're in LA or they're here in San Diego, and they look at you like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But like, he ain't do shit in Europe. He comes here. Of course he doesn't want to leave. Because here he knows Zlatan. he's going to score a fuck ton of goals. I love Zlatan's quote about him. He's like, I came to the MS at the end of my career. Venice comes in. Venice had to come here in his prime. And I was just like, yes. Yep, and pretty the, much. And the, he's Zlatan, and the thing with Zlatan, he'd done the MLS. He wasn't done with that. He's gone back to AC Milan. He scored about 15 goals last season. The man's 40. Even Wayne Rooney wasn't done after MLS. Granted, he went back for Derby, but fuck, he didn't fucking end in MLS with DC United. Obviously, I know Lampard ended in MLS, but that's because he was part of the whole Man City group. Yeah, which makes them money. You fucking, hey, growing up over there, over over on the East Coast, and motherfuckers, like East Coast Chelsea supporters are like, oh shit, he plays for fucking NYCFC? Shit. Actually, just before we end this podcast, you know what Frank Lampard's record was for the, um, New York. No, what was it? He scored basically a goal every game. A goal every other game. He scored fifteen and thirty-one. Wow! I know he did an interview and said he enjoyed New York City. I said, Frank, go home. You're drunk. Everyone's everyone's entitled to their opinion, Dave. Fucking New York. Get the fuck out of here, New York City. Anyway. Yeah, but let's be I honest. People from, New, people from New York feel exactly the same way about Jersey. Like uh, then why times. do they move? Then why do they move to North Jersey from New York? Hmm. For everybody that listens to this in Jersey, you already know, and I know we have listeners in New York. And well, yeah, you got two choices. You. you just fucking take the truth and continue to support this podcast, or you can fuck off. Either way, I don't care. You understand? Um, um, I think that closes out for today. I think we've been through all the major stories, digressed into <laughs> the how useless the MLS is. Um, we're not sure when the next one will be, but we'll probably discuss something. Um, we just do this off the fly most of the time. It's just like, do you want a podcast? Yes. What are we going to talk about? God knows. But um, unless there's anything you want to add, Dave, I think that's it for today. Uh, just the usual. You can follow us on Twitter at onthepitchpod1. You can email us at onthepitchpod at outlook.com. We have the Facebook group on the pitch. Great group. Highly suggest you find us on Facebook. Please answer the membership questions. There's three of them. You answer them, you get accepted. Great group, great page. Absolutely love it. We have a on the pitch podcast page itself on Facebook. You can go follow that. Um, Other than that, yeah, we are done, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate your time for listening to us blather on about all types of stuff. And with that being said, wherever you are in this world, we wish you a good morning, a good evening, or a good night. Until next time, everybody, thanks for listening.